Hello and welcome to Wake and Jake, what has become the most special episode of every month. Foolish Bailey joins myself and BBD to talk ball, and we're going to talk some serious ball today, and I'm excited, Bailey. This is going to be a true test of our merits because we're, you know, no clickbait draft, hottest MLB players or players right. Players I wish I was. Uh, we're going to talk ball today, and the good news is we have an audience that really likes that, so... Uh, you sent over some some topics. You might hear about the Seattle Mariners. You might hear about the Blue Jays. You worried about the Blue Jays. That's a surprising one. Glaber Torres, Felix Bautista, and the NL wildcard, I think you might have to talk me into because I'm not as excited as I think you might be. Um, and uh, we did get some questions off the internet, but let's uh, let's get into it, Bailey. How are you? I'm doing well. I I celebrated a birthday last week, so I'm at 28 right now. Wow. I think 28. I'm feeling. I think this is the year where I'm a little bit washed, you know. And maybe there's a bounce back season at 29, but I'm feeling a little washed at the moment. Um, you know, you've been through that. BBD has that. Mm-hmm. You know, coming up a few years from now, I assume. But uh, I'm here to say 28. You're you're feeling a little bit washed. 28 wash year. I mean, that's how old Sevy. He's got to be 30, 29, 30. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, hey, you know, you just got to time your free agency right. If you bounce back right. next year, you're good. Uh, if you don't, I mean, you're looking you're looking for that spring training invite, man. Uh, yeah, I need I need like a one year prove it deal and then I'm going to prove it next year. And you know what, Bailey, just sign with your Braves because it is un ungodly. Arcia is one of the best shortstops in baseball. I hate to say it, I believe I said on your program that I like Garcia preseason, so you might have to <laughs> run the tape back on that. But it was it was the day after uh, Von Grissom uh, was sent down to Gwinnett in spring training, uh, and I was like, Orlando Garcia's got this. I mean, that's well. I'm happy for you. I'm I'm happy for the Braves, man. I I know we're gonna talk the wild card, and there won't be too much Braves talk there. But um, watching them this week, and you know, I. At a certain point, I believe in stats, uh, and we did get a baseball Savanti stats question about the Bryce Elder. But um, at a certain point, stats play, and you know when I when I saw Sean Murphy in the seventh hole with an OPS easily in the nines, and that would be the best hitter in the Yankees by far. Like it's just one of those like wait, he's in the seventh hole. Um, what what they have brewing is delicious, and I I liked you know before the show you were saying yeah they're they're as awesome as it gets so they have a twenty percent chance to win the World Series like yeah I mean sport. that's probably about how it goes right it's a six sport um let's uh let's talk ball Bailey uh, of your topics you sent I think the one that is sexiest to me is. Your Seattle Mariners. Uh, I uh, I drank a little bit of the Jolly Kool Aid uh, mistake, and he got me on the schedule. The fact that they were playing, the fact that they started playing slightly better ball, the fact that they were playing the Royals seven times and the A's six times in the final sixty game stretch of the season. I was like, and a team that you don't want to say it's their recipe, but they started off sluggish-ish last year, and then they started to go. Uh, when you look at the roster, the talent is still there. 
you wanted to talk about their pitching development. So I guess how does that tie into all of this? Well, they've they've pitched great all year. It's only, you know, um, that they've started to hit well. So they they they've had one of the best pitching staffs this year. And I think it's been interesting because in some respects, you know, that the depth has been pushed organizationally for them. You know, they uh Robbie Ray, who they signed the big contract for, he was average ish his, you know, last year, this year, uh Tommy John. So uh immediately the guy who, you know, you signed to be your ace uh is, you know, out of commission. And I think the thing about the Mariners that kind of stands out to me is they have organizationally, like in terms of what they value, like they have like uh, it's, it's almost a little bit too uniform sometimes in terms of what they like. But um, so a recent video I just did on my foolish Bailey channel was about vertical approach angle. Basically the idea of guys who can throw the fastball hard from a lower arm slot and they throw it up in the zone and that kind of creates a deceptive angle for the hitter. And they have a lot of guys like that. Luis Castillo, who they traded for last yeah. year, that's that's him to a T. Um, Justin Topa, Matt Brash, Munoz in the bullpen. Does Brian all do does, that? Does Brian Wu fall under that? I, Brian I, Wu, I liked, absolutely. I liked him a lot, man. Seeing him and seeing him as like you know their eight starter, I was like, damn, that's I like that. That guy, you know, and he's on the injured list right now. I think that guy of the like three rookies. Uh, who have made their debuts this year. It's him, Bryce Miller, and uh, now Emerson Hancock. I think Wu is, for me, the most exciting uh, by a fair bit. I, I really like that guy. Um, so they you know, they they throw the fastball hard. They're, a lot of them are throwing it from a lowered arm angle. And the other thing they like to do is, is you know, which is right on trend, right? They like to sweep it, you know? Uh, George Kirby sweeps it, Uh Miller sweeps it, you know, in their bullpen, Matt Festa and Matt Brash, they they sweep it. They've got this new guy up right now who's been pitching out of the bullpen for them as well. Isaiah Campbell also throws a sweeper. And so, you know, it's this uh, it's a little bit like they're a little bit predictable in terms of like what they like to do, but it definitely works. I'm not sure I would consider them to be ahead of the curve necessarily. I think what they are is the curve. And I think what makes great teams and great organizations work is that even after they find the thing that works for them, they can always like adjust and move on to the next thing after, you know, the rest of the league is going to be all over this stuff next year. You know, the things move fast in major league baseball. Um, and, you know, it's all for them. It's, it's really predicated. They have just some guys with amazing fastballs, you know, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, those guys up top. Uh, they have the second highest zone percentage, which means like amount of pitches they throw in the zone. They throw the ball in the strike zone because they throw a lot of fastballs behind the race and they have the second lowest walk rate behind the giants. So uh, that's what the Seattle Mariners do. That's what they've done all year. And now that the hitting has been better. You know, you're really starting to appreciate just how good this pitching staff is as this team starts to get hot. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's, it's where does the line draw between arm talent in general and, the angle, and by the way, my my new favorite uh, lower arm slot fastball thrower is Patrick Bailey. Um, mm. I watching <laughs> his highlights the other day. Holy shit, man! Uh, that guy looks like an old Benito Santiago like mixtape or something brought to life. Uh, his go if you haven't seen him throw to the bases, it's awesome. It's not a it's not the catcher snappy over the top. He kind of drops down, and it's 
it's a dart every time. Um, for the Mariners, like you're saying, the arm talent part, you know, uh, George Kirby, I think if you just, if we left the analytical scouting round and you saw that guy throw a fastball, you'd be like, all right, <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's a pretty good skill set. Um, and I've, I've always been a Logan Gilbert fan. It's funny to see his, uh, his baseball savant is, uh, no fastball spin for low Gill. I, uh, I don't know. That's, that's just a surprising one for me. Uh, six, six, two fifteen. Like, how do you, how do you not 99th percentile extension though? That's interesting. Um, do you think you you alluded to this a little bit, and I, I don't know how significant you think it would be, but say it's a seven-game playoff series. If if you have that many pitchers with that many sweepers and that many arm slots, it became the sexiest raise graphic of all time, the clock graphic with all the different arms. Uh, do you yeah. think that could be a disadvantage to Seattle, that they would, uh, let's say they get to the postseason and they get beat in a series where... Uh, it kind of ends up, remember Phillies Padres? Like it just felt like the Phillies just couldn't stop hitting. And I, I think that's more credit to the Phillies dudes than whatever the Padres pitching philosophy was. But if a series went like that, would Seattle go back to their conference room or their local town uh, meeting and say that we um, we need to like mix up our variety? Definitely. I, I could definitely see that happening. And uh, I mean, you know, another guy who I failed to mention, but because uh, they just traded him, but Paul Seawald, again, very much in this mold of the, you know, lower arm slot and sweeper guy. Um, I, I think in terms of their starters, it wouldn't really be an issue. Uh, Gilbert gives enough of a different look uh, between, you know, Kirby and Wu that uh, it wouldn't be that much of an issue. Castillo's different too. So, uh, but yeah, in their bullpen, it could get a little samey. And, you know, they've, they've done an incredible job of, getting guys like off the waiver wire and guys that nobody wants and making that work in their bullpen. They did that with Seawald. Um, you know, they've, I think Saucedo was like DFA or something like that before they scooped him up like Spire too. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think it could get a little bit samey, especially if it's an extended playoff series, one that goes, you know, six, seven games. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, overall, I think, you know, you have to conclude that it's working. Right. And so, you know, you pretty much stick with it until it stops working. Man. They, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they land this plane. They, you know, it technically lists them as a 30% shot to make the playoffs, which feels low. I mean, I obviously, I drank the schedule Kool-Aid and just believe they're playing a better brand of baseball. Uh, cause you're right. I mean, they have pitched all year. Um, they've had the hitting problem and Julio, uh, has started to go and even Ty France is, is going again and they have enough guys that you're going to get a week from Cal Raleigh you're going to get a week from Teoscar you're going to get Eugenio so uh, although that second half of the lineup right now listed Canzone, Marlo, Moore and Rojas that's yeah not what Mariners fans had as their plug and play to go they need JP Crawford I didn't realize how good of a year he was having yeah, he'd been very solid for them. 370 on base or something like that from the shortstop position. Um, I guess uh, parlaying this conversation a little bit, uh, because if you're if you're someone who's going to drink Mariner's Kool-Aid, uh, that would mean you're most likely fading the Blue Jays. And, uh, right. You know, I. it's so funny. We, we did our yes uh, 
Yes Network live stream last night, and everyone's like, oh, my God, this is going to be brutal. Severino versus the Braves, the best first-inning team of all time versus a pitcher having historic struggles and a team having historic struggles. Um, it, the script played out. Um, and at one point at the end of the broadcast, because we, we did have fun. We had James Smythe in the building, King BBD. We're yucking it up. It was a quick game at least. It was 218. Uh, and at one point, the, one of the producers from Yes in Our Ear goes, he goes, oh, yeah, and the Blue Jays won tonight. We're like, dude, that does not matter to us right now. Right. Like, the Yankees need to win eight in a row, and then we can check the standings. But we're playing an awful, awful brand of baseball. The Toronto Blue Jays, who have been since the Yankees' demise, right? Like, there was a time when the Yankees were three games up on them, I want to say uh, June, May, whenever that is. The Blue Jays have been firmly in the playoffs, Um They've been a little out of sight, out of mind for Yankee fans because we've been in our own fields a little bit. But I guess you you brought it to the table that you have Blue Jays concerns. What what don't you like? Yeah, and well, I mean, I think it starts with they have to they have to make the playoffs this year, you know. Uh, and there's a chance they don't. I mean, as you brought it up, they've got about seventy percent chance to make the playoffs. Mariners about thirty percent, so it would seem like you know if the Mariners make the playoffs, it would probably be at the Blue Jays' expense. Um, but yeah, I think it's just my whole thing with the blue Jays is, you know, I was, I was thinking back to this past trade deadline. Right. And I think a lot of people were sort of throwing out the question, okay, you know, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander got traded at this deadline. Who's going to be the biggest name moved, uh, at the next deadline, you know, or like Soto Mm. previous deadline. Um, and, and the way you get those sort of big names is you kind of have surprise bad teams. Like people weren't expecting the Mets to be out of it at that point in the season, but they were, and then they made their choices. Um, and so, you know, when I look at a team that I feel like, you know, could disappoint in the next 350 some odd days, I actually think the Blue Jays could sort of fit the bill on that. Uh, and, and my reasoning is, you know, they don't have a playoff spot clinched yet. They've played unconvincing baseball for stretches of this year. The real thing that worries me is they've gotten so much production in terms of their lineup out of like old guys. Belt. Mm. Springer, Kiermaier, you know, Merrifield, all these guys have been really productive for them, you know, but they're kind of working against the aging curve. So like, what does that look like next year? You know, um, Dalton Varsho, who they traded for is a big trade. He hasn't hit, you know, uh, you talk about, Vladdy, rece- you talk about receipts. That's one that I could collect. Cause I, I yes. don't want to be rude to Dalton Varsho who plays one of the most electric outfields positions I've ever seen like it's reckless abandoned yet elite in those little choppy steps I say that while he's playing next to Kiermaier sometimes who might be my all-time favorite outfielder to watch I love the showmanship part as well which <laughs> used to drive Jimmy up a wall uh, Kiermaier jumping at the wall for balls he didn't need to um, but yeah man I mean Dalton Varsho a young player who had a nice a solid year with the Arizona Diamondbacks coming to the AL East. I'm I'm not saying it's not over. Like, you know, Dalton Varsho may end up on both of our bounce back lists last year, but the fact that he was the lefty they brought in to break up the Blue Jays' righty lineup, like, come on, that that's a really tough ask that a Brandon Belt was a better bet to do that, and he has been. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, Varsho is an incredible athlete. Like, he can offer so much more value aside from his hitting, yes. but 
That doesn't change the fact that he hasn't hit very well this year. And there were probably, you know, when you look back at some of his uh, uh, data last year, there were warning signs for sure that he wasn't going to be able to be an above league average hitter. Uh, Biggio and Espinal, they aren't great. Um, their pitching is really good. Like you say, Kikuchi is on like a heater right now. Like he is, he is doing what for the last four years we've been hoping that he would do. He's, he's looking really good right now. Matt Chapman, free agent after this year mm. so you, you know i would say like the next 350 days or so for the blue jays it's it's just really crucial time for them they need to make the playoffs this year and they need to be in position to do so next year because guerrero and bichette are getting there in the arb years bichette is a free agent uh you know after 2025 and, you know, so if I'm in terms of thinking like, oh, who could be like the surprise seller at the deadline and what would that look like? Like my like very kind of out there prediction would be, you know, the Dodgers trading for Bichette at the trade deadline next year because they're a team very much in need of long term shortstop answers. Uh, and the NL equivalent of this is uh, in terms of being potentially like a ticking time bomb for uh, a sell is definitely the Brewers, right? And Willie Adamas would fulfill that role in that case. But, uh, you know, what if Woodruff gets moved or Burns gets moved at the deadline? You know, teams are going to be trying to snap those guys up. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, you know, the Blue Jays, they just need they need Guerrero bounce back. They need Varsha to hit because I just don't know how much they can rely on these guys that are like 33 or older. I know we did our old guy draft and all, I think all those guys I just named got picked in our old guy draft. It's hard to rely on that, you know, for next year. So they're going to have to just be smart. It's going to, it's a big off season for them coming up and a big stretch right now to make sure they make the playoffs. Yeah. I, um, everything you said is true. If, if they stumble, which literally any baseball team can, um, you know, the, the Rays had an undefeated April and, you know, since then they they've come back down to earth, and any any team can have a bad week or two, and a couple injuries hit, and you know the the wheels can fully fall off. And if that happens to Toronto somehow, you're right. I mean, who knows where like Vladdy's head is at in general, right? Like in in theory, if there's a guy that you know comfortable with Canada, and if if you throw the you know what do you have to throw at Vladdy? Does it start with a four? Um, cause that he's 24 years old. So in theory, you know, if Toronto did throw out the money for Vlad, I think he could sign, right? Like, you know, it's, it, it it's that type of money, which Blue Jay fans will confidently remind you that money's not an issue for them. We have money. Yeah. Um, I hear about it every free agency, um, that, yeah, at, but if they don't make the playoffs again, this is this is a young team that when their manager got fired last year, it's some of the worst, sneaky worst quotes I've ever seen. That they were just like, yeah, no, we, we need a new guy. Like, what? You're the players. You're young star players. Like, you're going to blame the manager? That's insane. Um, like, any other baseball managerial fire, you basically hear like, you know, we... We, we needed to do a little more on the field, and you, you just say that phrase and move on. Um, this young core of special, special players, um, I don't know. It, it, if they don't make the playoffs, if you're the front office, you, you need to shake it as well. Uh, yeah. That, you know, they changed the coaches. They, they changed some of the player mix. They brought in two really well-respected veterans in Belt 
uh, and Kiermaier. Uh, you know, all two guys like Kiermaier is a leader type personality. Uh, Belt was the captain, right? Isn't that his nickname? That's his thing. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. At, at a certain point, you know, the mirror has to turn and look at you. And um, I don't know. You you could also. I know the Blue Jays like some of their young talent. I Addison Barger and stuff like that, and Matt Chapman's leaving. Like, you could also, if if you traded a Vlad Guerrero Jr. or a Bo Bichette at this point, like the value uh, you would get would be incredible. All of that being said, I mean, if you had to circle like an AL Phillies this year, would it not be the Blue Jays, man? I mean, oh yeah, I, Jordan get hot. Jordan Romano just came back. Jordan Hicks, Eric Swanson, um, you know, that's before you get to Garcia and Meza, and and you mentioned that rotation. Like Gosman's been good as anyone. Um, I yeah. I'm not the biggest. FIP guy, I, I do believe in strikeout numbers more than just being uh, Joe Schmo ERA. Um, that, yeah, I, if you're telling me Gossman, Barrio, Bassett, I've always been a sucker for Ryu. I won't quit that guy. Like, I, I think that guy knows how to get people out. He embarrassed. Oh, my God. Who was it? Uh, what Blue Jay game was I watching? Um he just embarrassed a rookie hitter. He threw him three straight changeups, and they could not, they literally couldn't resist. Like, Ryu could have told him, I'm about to throw you a third one. And the kid had no shot. That, I don't know. I, I, I understand the age argument, but as long as they are healthy enough come October, I think age would play. Like, I, I think yeah. that's the, that's the catch 22 of it that, um, it's going to be very interesting to see. Are the Blue Jays going to sneak up on the Rays and Orioles and join that part of the party? Are the Jays going to come back down to like the Sox? Uh, and are, where are the Mariners going to play in that equation? Because, man, if, if they're in the final week and a game or two can decide the future of that franchise, whew, uh, I don't know, man, because that's... Uh, a lot of times in sports, <laughs> you know, the, the famous Philadelphia Eagles team that was going to win the Super Bowl that was Vic at quarterback, and they, they were they were an all-star. The dream team. The dream team. Uh, the and, uh, <laughs> he had He had a year or two. Um, that you're right before was awesome. I don't know, man. It's uh, Sports has a way of giving humble pie, and this team continues to kind of search for it. They could also, they could also make an October run. Like you, like we just said, if if they make the postseason, their World Series chances would probably be eight percent, and the Atlanta Braves, who are the model of everything, would be twenty. Um, yeah, you thought that eight was high, huh? It might be. It was a dramatic. I was thinking, I was trying to do the math of how many teams make the postseason and what the average split would be. I mean, technically, so the average split would be about eight. For legal reasons, 12. you have to put the Twins at zero. Um, okay. Understandable. And, uh, not to be the perfect segue King, but the NL wild card that you were jazzed up about. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning into that just cause you said you were excited about it. Um, as I've looked at the wild card standings, um, I think, I think this season is lining up to be a beautiful one for the American league. Cause 
I don't think you're going to end up having a bad team at the dance. Like, I, I think the Twins being in the Central and with how good their pitching is and, you know, Matt Walner hive rise up. Um, it, the Twins are going to put themselves as a 90-win AL Central winner with a rotation you wouldn't want to see in the playoffs. Uh, and right now, the lat, the wild card teams are Tampa, Houston, and then it's Toronto, Seattle. Like, you know, there, there's going to be a very good team in the American League that does not make the dance. In the National League, however, Phillies, sure. World Series last year, you love the high-end talent. It almost feels like a future of baseball. Give me high-end talent or give me death. There's a, that's a Philly, Philly tie-in there, sneaky. The San Francisco Giants are currently in the playoff, a game and a half in above the Miami Fish. Um, with the Cubs a game out, Cincinnati a game out, and my Snakes two and a half out with San Diego I don't know. I, I won't quit them, Bailey. I know I should. Um, why are you excited for this? Because I, I think there's also a good argument for, like, whichever one of these last two teams get in, uh, you could also not be excited. Yeah. I think this is definitely quality versus quantity. Like, the, the, uh, the quality of the teams in the race in the, in the American League right now seems higher, but the quantity of teams in the National League is just sort of pure chaos because right now there are seven teams in wildcard positions or lower, like not division leaders that have at least a 15% shot of uh, grabbing a wildcard spot. It's Phillies, Marlins, Cubs, Reds, Giants, D-backs, Padres. Just just everyone's still in it, basically, yeah. uh, unless you're like, you know, the Cardinals or the Pirates or the Rockies or whatever, um, the Nats. Uh so you've got really seven teams competing for three spots and, you know, like, like wild card teams are like even the Phillies last year, it's fun because there's a lot of good in these teams and a lot of not so good. And, you know, any fun wild card team is going to be like deeply flawed in a way. And it's just all about how can they like kind of make up for that. Uh, Phillies, I feel pretty good about. I'm sure you feel pretty good about. They're going to grab one of those spots. They're the most talented team in this group on paper. Um, San Francisco uh, currently occupies a wild card spot. My sort of question mark for them is, you know, the starting pitching like it, they've been doing. And last last night they did it to uh, perfectly mad. I think they had Jake Junis start mm. into like a Manaya bulk guy. And they oh. each threw like three or four innings. And that's been a lot of that for them lately uh, because they have basically Webb and Cobb. And then Stripling sometimes can be the five, six inning starter. But then it's a lot of <laughs> it's had, a lot of like one time through the order. They've had like three starting pitchers listed for a long time. <laughs> yeah. A long time, man. That's crazy. I think I, what's funny about it is I think it's like if you do that in the playoffs, it's like that's fine. Like you can win doing that. You have rest days. I'm curious to see how it works out like the next, you know, last 40 or 45 games left in the season or whatever. Like that, that's where I think it's more dangerous for them. Um, Miami, I, I'm kind of having fun with this Miami team post deadline because Bell and Berger have hit, and I think they've really lengthened that lineup. And so I'm feeling like a lot better about them than I was a few weeks ago, just because I think those have been some good acquisitions for them so far. Obviously they have the pitching. I think that kind of goes without saying they have, you know, playoff quality pitching on their team. 
Jake Snakes, uh, fun team. Oh, Terrible skid. Terrible that. skid. Don't say that. Fun team is the first comment. That's fun team. Yeah, that's it's the and and Reds too a little bit. Like I kind of, I don't know. They could surprise me, but I kind of feel like this. This is for those teams. This is kind of their twenty twenty one Mariners or twenty twenty two like Orioles year, where it's like they're flashing for sure, but I'm not sure it's gonna uh, amount to a playoff berth. Where yeah. you, where do you stand on those two? I I guess for the Reds, it it's kind of unbelievable some of the pitching efforts. Like I feel like twice a week I'll see Andrew Abbott go six shut or Brandon Williamson go six shut. Uh, that for me, I I'd love to see when Hunter Green is actually going to come back because that that in in those groups of teams we're now talking about. Hunter Green could be very significant. Lodolo, I, I don't know where he's at, but like those can be changes. Um, if I'm the Reds, I guess I was worried. I needed them to do something at the deadline, um, and I, I know that's probably lame, but it's also not. Like even, I think they added a handsome Sam Mall from the A's, but like... <sighs> I don't know, man. It's just the spirit of it, right? Like, just going around that locker room and, and saying, you know, we added this veteran starting pitcher and, and maybe he could be good for, for a month. And what can that do for the Cincinnati Reds? Can that get us to the playoffs? That I don't know, man. The Reds are a bad week away from looking at the rotation and being like, shit, is it? Weaver, Williamson, Abbott, and Ashcraft, they all got hit this week. And... The other thing that was, it was making me mad, which is just pathetic about me, but all of the Reds' young players were playing incredible. All of them were mashing. Like, that had to end, because that has never continued in the history of baseball. So, I understand you needed to let those guys play and understand there was going to be ups and downs with some of them. But at the same time, I knew that was going to slow down, and and it has, that... um. I don't know, with the Cubs' momentum, with the Brewers kind of being the stable NL Central team, um, I I prefer those two teams over the Reds. Uh, the Snakes need to get the sauce again. Uh, uh, that L9 really hurt. Um, that being said, like, hey, Tommy Pham walk-off last night. Uh, they're coming off their 25th anniversary weekend. I believe in baseball would I bet bet my dog's life on the snakes making that final wild card spot? I probably would not. Um, and and that was I, I took their under this year because I said the snakes could still have a uh, their over under was seventy four and a half. I said they the snakes could land under that and still have a good year. They're going to clear that, and wherever they land, they're going to have a good year. And I know they don't want to hear that now. Um, and I don't believe in any of these teams, so I guess that's my problem. Yeah, I I got to tell you, I'm I think I believe in the Cubs. Uh, yeah, they have good. They first of all coming into this season, I was like, this is the weirdest team in baseball. This is the weirdest collection of players that they've kind of thrown together here. They could finish fifth in the division. I wouldn't be surprised. They could win the division. I wouldn't be surprised. There was just so much potential variance. Right now, it's looking pretty darn good. I've got the best. They actually have the best run differential of this group of these seven teams we've talked about. I know you're a run differential guy, mm. uh, Jake. So uh, mm. 
uh, you know, you're paying attention to that, I'm sure. But yeah, uh, and you know, you're also, you know, what, you're also a schedule guy. I know this I about you. They wrap up today versus the White Sox, then they're home versus the Royals, then they're at Tigers, then they're at Pirates, and then they're at Brewers to end the month. So, you know, I know, I know you're a schedule guy. So, I mean, the way this thing is shaping up right now. Oh, and we'll go Giants schedule too. Currently playing Rays, then they're at Braves, at Phillies, mm. and then they're home versus the Braves. And then after that, they do get Reds, Padres, Cubs. So it's sort of that group of teams they're competing with. My sort of prediction is how this ends up is I think it goes Phillies, Marlins, Cubs, grab wild card spots. Uh, Giants who have uh, like a one game lead right now. That's just, I'm just worried about how like the structure of their pitching is going to work. I think it's going to be like really taxing if, uh, you know, if they have a couple, you know, days back to back where those uh, bullpen games, you know, don't work out for them. Or if Cobb has a slip up or if Webb has a slip up one game, I just, I don't know. Like, I really like this Giants team. I really like the Giants organization as a whole, but uh, I'm starting to believe in the Marlins because I feel like Bell and Berger have hit for them. And I'm starting to believe in the Cubs just because I, I feel like they're a really talented team on paper. Yeah, I there's a Marlins argument. Because, um, man, they, they sneaky had a massive deadline. David Robertson... Uh, yeah. In the back end of the bullpen, uh, along with Berger and Bell, who, you know, Josh Bell's a guy that we've seen have hot streaks. He's currently having a hot streak. Uh, Jake Berger, you know, it's kind of your modern uh, slugger, right? Like the OBP's not, not going to impress you, but when he hits the ball, it's a rocket. And uh, the he gets more than enough results. Like an 800 OPS guy, that's that's kind of crazy that uh, that they were able to add him. Uh, at age 27, White Sox cashing in on what they kind of thought was a lost asset in Miami, taking what's a good Miami risk on a player, right? Like, it, we might have a third baseman for a few years that we uh, could have got for uh, a nice deal. Uh, I'm just not bought in yet. Um, I'll be interested to see. They they finish up with Houston today. I guess I am a schedule slut, huh? Um, mm-hmm. And then they, they have a little West Coast road trip, Dodgers-Padres. Um Padres, I don't believe. Like, I, I did Awaken Jake a week ago where I was kind of fumbling for a topic, and I was like, what do I see here? And I sneaky, I'm not a run differential guy, but I I used to dislike it. I used to be very old school, well, win the game. I don't care. I don't care if you get blown out by eight as long as we win the next two by one. Um, there's obviously something to run differential. All the best teams have the highest run differential. All the worst teams have the lowest. Um, you know, there's a, there is a correlation of sorts. I don't know, man. I, I just, it's, I don't know if it's the Jersey. I don't know if it's the lineup. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's hard for me to buy in, uh, for the Marlins. And if, if the Padres can get to where three games out by September one, yeah. which you know, seeing that they have three games in San Diego, and the fact that Gary Sanchez is back to being the best to ever play, like I don't, I don't know. 
that will get that will get me juiced up about the NL wild card. If the Cubbies get in, because they had some underlying numbers all year that I, I love looking at fan graphs and just that little snapshot, the 2023 team rankings, and it gives you like an idea. Like where, where does your hitting land? Where does your starting pitching land? Where does your relief pitching land? I guess I'd like a couple defensive stats in there. We'll get there, fan graphs. Um, maybe base running defense for the fourth line. Um, that... I don't know if the Cubs had for a while, it was like they were top 10 in all three. And it was just like, what? Like, how have they gone? Their hitting's gone up. Some of their pitching stats have gone down. The Cubs look good. When you look at their lineup and you compare it to other teams, you're like, wow, there's, there's seven guys there. Like that's a lineup. They've got the high end rotation guys. They're getting more than enough out of their bullpen. Um, I will get excited for the final NL wildcard team. If San Diego gets in the mix. Um, all of them obviously are fun stories. Like if, if you're going into a three gamer with Alcantara, Yuri Perez and Braxton Garrett, that's exciting. Um, if you're the Reds and you get to see those young players and Ellie De La Cruz on a stage, that's exciting. But the teams like, you know, the Cubs record isn't far off from the Yankees. And I think, you know, where all of us now currently land on them. Like it's right. Obviously, two ships heading different directions, but like on the whole, as a team, what you really are, I it's hard for me to be like, ooh, those those cubbies. I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. I I I think it's just you know I wouldn't want to confuse like distribution of wins with like just like the quality of the league or anything like that. You know, like. There aren't teams, you know, and I know the the schedule is more balanced this year, but like, yeah, if you're in the National League, you don't get to beat up on the Royals and A's as much as these teams either. So I don't, I don't necessarily like make the assertion that like, oh, uh, Cubs and Yankees, same record, you know, have played the same quality of ball all year, you know? Yeah. Uh, Let's highlight two players and maybe a third will sneak in. I don't know if there's someone on my mind. Uh, Sure. Glaber Torres and Felix Bautista on your mind. And I, I, I guess I'm interested to see what you say about Felix. Cause for me, there's, there's not much more I can hype about him. I was, I told this on talking baseball the other day. I was with uh, a group of buddies last weekend who uh, I'd say four of 12 are in the baseball world. And I'd say, you know, two of those four are enough to recognize what Felix is. But when he popped up on the screen, everyone like, gasped and they were like look at how big are his shoulders how how big is he and I gave my boring speech like oh you know a splitter is one of the best pitchers in the game and they're like please (laughs) please shut up little guy um so interested what you have to add for Felix and would love a little Glaber taster tour because he's uh he's a guy that uh, Yankee fans have felt every emotion with him yeah I'll start with Felix because I just actually had a somewhat similar experience to yours mm-hmm. i was watching uh i guess it was the mariners Orioles series and uh with a loved one who uh knows ball to some degree but does not know who felix bautista is and as soon as he pops up on screen like i know i mean it was like the ninth inning i knew he was gonna pitch i said okay watch this guy first of all look how big he is he's bigger than aaron judge you know uh and and the main thing i was telling them was i was saying hey his fastball is different from every other person's fastball. It just doesn't drop as much. 
he averages about seven inches of drop on his fastball. The league average is like 15. And the next best guys, which are like Helsley and Chapman and Fairbanks, they drop nine or 10 inches. And the and the diameter of the barrel on the bat is like two and a half inches. I know this is a lot of inches talk, yeah. and I appreciate you keeping mm-hmm. a straight face throughout all of it. But that's like, that's insane, you know? And I had, the a thing worse, about Felix, I had a worse joke than penis stuff. Oh, let's hear it. I was I was gonna say that Felix Bautista is bigger than Michael Ower. Just I don't know. It's just kind of topical. I I was blindsided by that joke. And, um, so and it's and there's uh, Baltimore tie-ins there. It's a whole thing. That's but, true. Okay, that's true. go back. Very to Very sophisticated. Yeah. Um, it's like when you watch his fastball on TV, it looks different from all the other fastballs. Yes. It, it looks like he's throwing a laser beam, you know. And so like they're you know. Like, obviously, the people who are listening to this, you know, watch baseball, are baseball fans, or maybe they're just watching this because I'm so handsome. You know, maybe they're just groupies. But my point is, look, like, if you haven't seen Felix Bautista pitch, you should. You should turn on the Orioles games because they're a really good team. And when it's close, you should tune into the ninth because you will see just it's so visually apparent on the TV how much different his fastball is from anyone else's fastball. He's an absolute freak of nature. He's an alien. This is not a Cy Young spiel. This is not a, mm. oh my gosh, he's striking out 48% of the batters he's faced spiel. Just watch his fastball. It's it's ridiculous, especially if you've watched enough baseball to understand that even his looks different than, you know, if Spencer Strider throws one, you know, or, uh, you know, any of the other elite fastballs in the game. 17 would be his K per nine uh, number currently. Um. 157 ERA if you're into that thing. Uh yeah, man. He uh him and I I know Cano's had had some moments of of slip up. I mean any reliever does, but uh those those silly Orioles, man. Uh something you talk about not believing in a team and I I talked a little bit about that last episode just cuz you're going to get sucked into Houston and you're you're going to get sucked, you know, the Rangers traded for Max Scherzer, like a uh, inner circle Hall of Fame guy and you know, you're looking at that Orioles rotation of Gibby, Bradish, Wells, Grayrod. Um and I it's just it it doesn't feel like the sexiest playoff roster, but those kids will just maul you and do anything they can to get the ball to Yenier and Bautista, never mind your Mike Bauman. Um, yeah. That, or, or how about Fuji now throwing a bucko tree um, out of their pin with with uh, another good splitter? I don't know, man. They, th- the world of baseball, they could go to the playoffs, give everyone the bird, if you will, and like, and just do it, just because they are like a great fun team that is built for the playoffs but not in your traditional way. Yeah. Shout out to Kyle Bradish. What? Yeah. I mean, he, he flashed some last year, but this year he's really putting it all together. What, um, what can you tell me about my guy, Glaber Torres? Cause, uh, from our end, uh, there's, ob- there's been some base running and defensive guffaws that you're just like, I don't know, man, like what, what year are we on now? And we're, we're doing that. Um, Yet, he has been the Yankees' most consistent hitter this year. 
And he just recently had an actual like hot streak. Like he he had two weeks where he was one dotting OPS wise that kind of I don't want to say bona fide a season because again us Yankee fans have been brainwashed that his 766 OPS is like wow Glaber's having a great year when he'd be <laughs> a Braves bench player. Uh, so please say some nice things about young Glaber. Well, this is good because I think it's sort of like. Uh... If you're like an old man shaking your fist at the screen every time you watch a Yankees game, this is baseball IQ uh, quantified, at least in terms of how you look at it. So uh, this actually piggybacks a little bit off our discussion of the uh, stat. I was the hitting stat I was working on uh, last month. And basically, one thing I was lamenting was that I can look at things like uh, what's your chase rate? What's your uh, contact rate in, inside the zone and outside of the zone? How often are you swinging? But I couldn't necessarily make those things line up with strikeout rate and walk rate, which is what I'm ultimately trying to predict, right? Mm. And you brought it up. It's count dependent, right? So, you know, hitters, a lot of them do different things on different counts. If you chase on 0-0, zero, zero, you know, because you're hunting the fastball, trying to hit a bomb, you know, that's okay. You're still in the at bat. If you chase on, you know, three, two, that's really bad. Um, so I was looking at basically hitters who do different things when there's two strikes. And uh, so I, you know, spreadsheeted it out myself, um, looked at five hitters, top five hitters who increased their contact rate with two strikes compared to their baseline when they're not in a two strike count. And Glaber Torres was number one. Uh, Glaber Torres makes contact at a 73% clip, not in a two strike count, 86% in a two strike count. And, uh, you know, I think that's like kind of a new priority for him this year because it's alongside, I mean, uh, in terms of his reduction in strikeout percentage, it goes Bellinger year over year, Bellinger, Acuna, Luis Garcia, Washington Nationals having a weird year, by the way. And then it's Glaber. Glaber's gone from a 23% strikeout rate to 14 this year. As you pointed out, he's been, you called him the most consistent hitter on the team. I would call him the, just the second best hitter on the team behind Judge. Um, but Judge hasn't been there all year. And, you know, even if, okay, maybe it's a similar OPS or OPS plus or whatever to last year, I kind of like the shape of the production more this year. I think it points to like uh, being willing to make smart offensive adjustments, like where you're making a trade off, you know, for more contact, maybe a little less pop. And uh, it's mechanically it's there because I I went on baseball savant. I said, okay, let me watch his last couple homers. I'll watch one with, you know, on a, you know, a zero strike count. And I'll watch one with a two strike count. And his leg kick is like not there on two strikes. So, you know, that's like definitely a conscientious thing for them. And uh, yeah, I just, I just want to uh, shout out Glaber Torres uh, in that respect. I know it's a Yankee centric program. There's a lot of Yankees fans watching. I like what he's doing approach wise. It's visible. It's visible. He, um, and that, that was kind of one of the funny things coming out of last year is like, wait, Glaber three ten on base. Like I, I know that's not necessarily his end game, but he's, he's better than that. And Bailey, that's where I've ended up laughing this year. Cause he's, uh, and remember, he's only 22. Uh, he's 26 now, um, which, again, is still young. Like, we're, you know, uh, King Felix, or not King Felix, sorry, Mariners fans, Felix Bautista, um, got called up at 27. Different players, a little bit. Um, but Glaber, 39 walks last year to 129 strikeouts in 140 games. 
This year he has more walks, 46 in 119 games, and the strikeouts are, I mean, nearly in half. So, yes, uh, you see it early on, especially first pitch, he lets it eat, um, mm-hmm. which has highs and lows. You know, uh, you know, there are times when he was in the leadoff spot this year, and if you have a guy letting it eat like that in the leadoff spot and it's, it's that, you know, mile-high pop-up, it's like, okay, was that, is that what we really need here? You can overanalyze that because every time he rips the first pitch double, you like that too. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm very interesting. I, you know, he's a guy I don't see the Yankees extending. Um, you know, there there were tr- serious trade rumors. He will have one year left that at the value of his final arb year will be a good value for Glaber Torres. And then I think another team will see uh, Glaber Torres' stats and numbers and will be looking for a second baseman that they will value adding Glaber Torres to their team more than the Yankees. Um, that... Uh, the age he is, the he has, he has done it in New York. Is the extension economy on him? He, he it would have to be a pretty big number to not do free agency. I've ended up giving the same speech about Harrison Bader. Like I think when he hits free agency this year, a front office will very much talk themselves into giving Harrison Bader that extra year or whatever it is that for the Yankees being right-handed and injury risk. I, I just think other teams will come to the table. The only thing I'll I'll finish with Glaber then a high and low note. Um, as I mentioned, some of his statistics. He's 26 years old. Uh, yeah, I can do the baseball cop-out game. Like, if Glaber ended up on the Braves tomorrow, I would think he'd, he'd end up having a monster year. If Glaber ended up on uh, the Tigers tomorrow, I, I would bet Glaber's numbers would go down. I mean, that's some real analytics for me there. Um, his career stats, Bailey... He's a 265 batting average, 331 on base, uh, 782 OPS over his career, a 114 OPS plus. This season, also 265 batting average, 332 on base, so one point above his career average, um, 766 OPS, uh, and a 111 OPS plus, so three points below who he has been over his career. So, I guess for me, is this Glaber Torres? Because this is a this is a very solid, very good baseball player. There is another gear to Glaber, and I don't know if another team will get that out. I don't know if age will get that out, or if if not. And again, that's that shouldn't be a shot at Glaber Torres. But there's been times when I've watched him hit, and I'm like, that is one of the most talented bat to ball hitters I've seen in baseball. Because when he wants to be, he can. Dramatic by me, huh? Wow. Um, I got chills. Got a little emotional right at the end there. Um, okay. Uh, Bailey, let's do a couple rapid-fire cues. We do. We have to clear out of here, uh, you know, talking baseball. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, so let's, uh, let's try to chew out a couple really quick because I, I do love the fan engagement. An all-time JM fan, Fayou. Bryce Elder versus Baseball Savant. Outlier or an interesting mark on predictive stats? Um, both. I mean, there's, you know, I, I've heard about it all year. You know, like he had like a two ERA those first couple months of the season. There's no way that's going to last. Since then, he's been, you know, closer to like a four or five ERA, you know, his last 12 or 13 starts. He was on like a pretty cold streak until he ran to your Yanks last night. Um, I, I think he's just, uh, he's just a 
pitchability guy. I mean, you know, there are guys like that, right? Kyle Hendricks has never had a, uh, you know, a savant page that's gonna, uh, you know, make your eyes pop out the back of your head. But, uh, yeah, there's there's guys like that. I I don't know. I think, like, I don't want to uh, criticize it, but like, I'm I'm a little tired of thinking about it and talking about it. Like, I just want to see what he does. I like that. Um, let's see what, um, favorite player you've ever used on immaculate grid. I, I, I hit a, I hit a Tim Spoonie Barker the other day. <laughs> um, Tim Spoonie Barker was, uh, Marlins and Marlins and Braves. Braves uh, okay. He was, uh, he came up with the Braves. He was a really like talented, like relief prospect. came up really young, yeah. had arm troubles, career ended early. The thing I remember about him by the way, he came up in one of your it was like a family feud. Yes, longest name in MLB history. Longest name. Uh he was one of the top ones. And uh but uh I remember he uh when he was on the Braves and he would come out of the bullpen, he would come out to the song Spoon Man by Soundgarden. <laughs> and so that always kind of endeared him to me even even at a very young age. So uh yeah, I I I remember thinking to myself, one of these days it's going to be Marlins Braves, and I know that I'm going Spoonie Burger. It will be Spoonie season. Um, <laughs> that's a good answer. Uh, there was another one I liked here on on the X app. Um, oh, I I guess, and and again, let, we'll keep this a little tight. Uh, actually, no, I'm, I'm changing question. It was a Tristan Casas real AL rookie of the year candidate, which it, it could be too late for that. I guess I, are you a Casas guy? I'm uh, just interested because I, I get doses of him and sometimes I'm blown away and sometimes I'm like, I don't know, mostly blown away recently. He's massive. And if he barrels it, it's out of the park. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed, you know, and he's, I mean, he could be up there for sure. Um, I think I was posting about the other day, but I think in terms of like weighted runs created plus by rookies in the American league, like he and Noda are like the kind of the mm. top two in terms of the everyday players. And then Julian's there, but Julian's kind of a different case where he's like a, he, he sits versus lefties, you know? Um, but I mean, yeah, I, 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 I could definitely see him uh, being in that race for sure. That uh, I haven't put too much thought on that AL rookie of the year. Obviously his teammate Yoshida, uh, very much in in the running too, but I overall I I think I have positive feelings about where Tristan Casas is at, and I actually I actually really like the direction of the Red Sox like kind of long term because I feel like they have a good combination of like youngish talent at the big league level now, and their farm system is starting to look really good. Uh, guys like Roman Anthony breaking out, uh, so uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I don't think this is necessarily, I don't think the Red Sox are going to make the playoffs this year necessarily, but um, I'm, I'm excited for them in, in 2024. Bailey, last question. And this comes from Instagram, which I was, I was, I got a good smile at our social guy, Kyle, who goes ham on everything uh, when he reposted the tweet to the gram, which, you know, that's where you and me make our, make our real bread. Um, right. Mitchell Palmer. And I think last question. Would you rather have for your franchise, and I'll do, you know, we can do contracts and excluded and stuff like that. Nolan Gorman or Jonathan India? Mm, that's a good one. I would take Gorman. I think I can sell myself more on a Gorman upside. He just, Nolan Gorman, talk about a guy who barrels the baseball, you know? 
And so I, you know, I'll, I'll take, I'll take my crack at him. They're very similar players. I could, they're very similar valued. They're both, uh, you know, pretty offensively gifted second baseman. I understand Gorman, uh, probably more of a platoon risk than, uh, than India, but I, I would, I would take a stab at Nolan Gorman between those two, but it's a very good question. It's the good side of the platoon and he's gotten better year over year. He's a little younger. He's going to, he got a chance to finish with 30 homers this year, like Nolan Gorman. Uh, yeah, and I I love Jonathan India. I was I was mad Reds were rumored to trade him. I hope he I hope he comes back and has a moment or two. Um, Are you Kirk Herbstreet? I am Kirk Herbstreet. Okay, uh, I, I knew it. Bailey, thank you so much. Everyone, go check out Foolish Baseball. Foolish Bailey. Um, thank you, uh, my friend, and uh, I'm excited to see you next time. Who knows where we'll be come September? Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll be talking about the Yankees, you know. Oh, they just won 12 of 14. The magic you know? run. Let's go. Let's go. Just takes one. Just takes one. Hey, thank you, right Bailey. We'll see you soon. Thanks, everyone else. We love you. Toodles.